close encounters of the third kind. Actual contact. To me, it looked like a level con to me. I gotta do a look up in the tree. Who else in the level con say yes? Yeah! The Sasquatch was approximately eight to ten feet tall. It looked very human-like, but it definitely wasn't a human. After seven years of research, I am more convinced than ever that the creature known as Nessie is a real living animal. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff. Welcome to Mysteriousnesses, episode number six. I am your host, John J. Murray, and with me are my other hosts. Hi. And here, as always, Endless Mike and Lauren Lance. If Hail you play Satan. this episode in reverse, it becomes episode number nine. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It actually syncs up perfectly Yeah, <laughs> with the future podcast that we're going to do on episode nine. Which yes. is just this episode in reverse. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bunch of garbled nonsense, but it's, it's, it's still mysterious. Some people would call it lazy. I would call it high art. It's high art. It's uh, marketing. It's a... Uh, genius. That's yeah. what it is. But genius. if you play episode nine backwards, it becomes episode number six. And six, six, six is the number of the devil. And we're going to have a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, have a lot of really fun things to talk about in our feature segment. We're going to be talking about shadow people and the shadow people <laughs> phenomenon, mm-hmm. including sleep paralysis and old hag syndrome and the hat man. Ooh. Yeah, they're all kind of linked together. That's what Jared has. He's got old hag syndrome. <laughs> he just looks like an old hag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first off, exciting science news. Woo! Yay. I am very excited about this. Uh, SETI is investigating a possible extraterrestrial signal from deep space. Mm-hmm. I almost said from God just to <laughs> scare everyone. Oh, God. that would be Would that be worse or better? I'd be way more afraid of God than aliens. Yeah, yeah. Like if God started talking to people again, like like talk, yeah, that'd be that would, a, that would freak people. me out way more. That than would be aliens. a legitimate issue. Yeah, uh, a, an international team of scientists from the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence are investigating mysterious signal spikes emitting from a 6.3 billion year old star in the constellation Hercules 90 uh, Hercules, 95 light years away from Earth. The implications are extraordinary and point to the possibility of a civilization far more advanced than our own. Uh, The unusual signal was originally detected on May 15, 2015, by the Russian Academy of Science operated uh, Ratan 600 radio telescope in Zenchelvskia, Russia. Zenchelvskia. Oh, thanks, Mike. Zenchelvskia. Are you a Russian spy? How do you? you, No. He's a sleeper spy. That was his code word. Yeah. You just said it. You know the war is over, right? Never over. (laughs) (laughs) Russia was, uh, uh, in Russia, it was a kept secret from the international community. Uh, Interstellar space reporter Paul Gilster broke the story after the researchers quickly circulated a paper announcing the detection of a strong signal in the direction of HD 164595. So basically, this is the signal that SETI has been waiting for all these years. Yeah. Well... It's, it's it points to that there might be a be- a, be- a better signal See, out there. See, I- I'm excited about this as much as anyone. Like, I saw all the Facebook posts. Everybody's like, finally, blah 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 blah. You know, everybody's linking to uh, what was that '80s movie like Contact or whatever. Everyone's super stoked it's about a it. '70s book and a '90s movie. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was in the middle. Uh, yeah, you're close. <laughs> right there in the middle. Somewhere. 
but I know this this is a little bit tinfoil hat, but my theory on this is is that all right, it's us. No, it's not not that it's us. My theory is that we're getting closer and closer to actual disclosure. They've I mean, I So just little steps like yeah, this little are getting steps, people ready. Like we we've gone way beyond um, signals. We've gone way beyond all that other stuff. But they're like, how do we well, just if even ease one person that says that they've been abducted is right, just one. We've gone way farther. Then, yeah. Then detecting a signal is not even a big yeah, deal. Yeah, it's, it's not a big deal at all. So I, I think I think it's just them easing us into disclosure. Like, ooh, now we've got a signal. Yeah. Oh, you just this. put the tip in. Yeah. First. That's every time See I that's what I think it. about. If she likes it, and then yeah. she'll ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the mysterious star's designation is uh, HD 164595 and is considered to be a sun-like in nature with a nearly identical metallic composition to our own star. So far, a single Neptune-like but warmer planet has been discovered in its orbit, HD 164595b. But as Gilster explained, there could, of course, be other planets still undetected in the system. It's important to know that we... It, we can't actually see as far as we theorize. Well, no, no. They it, like they use they use like different signals and and uh, different uh, yeah different uh, frequencies on the electromagnetic spectrum that they technically like see, but it's not like seeing like we have a really good lens. Like and we the can, like, Hubble telescope it. can see it. No, it can't. You can't actually see. It's ninety five light years away. Yeah, just like the shape of our galaxy is theorized i mean it's probably true but we can only see actual small slice of our galaxy and from that we can extrapolate the rest right so a lot of it is is um it's it's not hypothetical because there's it's, yeah, it's proof not, of these it's things not hypothet- it's just well there's evidence yeah it, it's it's mathematical guesswork I want kind of it's not really guesswork which is but good enough because yeah. it's the yeah. best way we can use to explain the our galactic environment yeah um so basically uh, <coughs> a decorated Italian SETI researcher and mathematician Claudio Marcone along with Russia's Nikolai Bursov and the Special Astrophysical Observatory are the principal scientists working on the apparent discovery they claim that per- permanent monitoring of this target is needed the signal uh, convincingly fits in the profile for an international transmission from an extraterrestrial source, says Alan Boyle, author of The Case for Pluto, who reported the story for GeekWire. In any case, the blip is interesting enough to merit discussion by those who specialize in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Uh, the signal's strength indicates that if it in fact came from an isotropic beacon, the power source would have to be built by a Kardash Type II sil- civilization. So the uh, Card- how do you say that? Kardashev. Mark? Kardashev scale is used to determine the process of a civilization's technological development by measuring how much energy was used to transmit an interstellar message. An isotropic beacon means a communication source emitting a signal with equal power in all directions while promoting signal strength throughout travel. Uh, so basically, they're saying that if it's a signal that is just equally sent out randomly mm. throughout the galaxy in order to get to us the type of civilization that would be required to generate that type of power would be a type 2 civilization mm-hmm. yeah so if it's a type 1 civilization that's us which is yeah we're in 
we're type we're a type one civilization. If it it came from a civil civilization like that, I'll look that, all this up real quick. It means that they had to d- directly direct that signal towards our solar system. Mm. So that's just as interesting, actually. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. if they directed it directly. So if they know we're here, that's just as interesting. That is interesting. It's a. I mean, they would have to be, even just to direct it at us, I feel like they'd have to be far more advanced. Right. Well, they explained uh, that a Type 2 civilization would be able to harness the energy of their entire host star. The most common uh, hypothetical example of this would be a Dyson sphere, which is a massive artificial structure that could completely encapsulate a star and transfer the energy to a nearby planet. Mm-hmm. All I'm getting is images from uh, Force Awakens right now. Yeah. <laughs> the moment yeah. you said that, it's all Just I could Just power up the death ray. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're a type 1 civilization. It goes up to type 3, which is a civilization that can control energy on the scale of its entire host galaxy. Okay. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we don't want to meet those guys. I... <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind when, when I think about this um, uh, signal is I just imagine them like playing the signal and it being like the signal from Event rise, uh, Horizon, just like people <laughs> screaming and weird noises. Save yourself. Yeah, yeah it's just all really can... creepy, but they don't want to release that. No, they, they don't yeah. want to tell us that. They just want. They're just going to give us it's the like, good join news. Join us. Yeah. So it turns out it's just a rip into the warp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It goes into the hell dimension. There's it's like, doom is well, there. Uh, we've got a story. There's good news and there's bad news. <laughs> Do you want to report on both? We found an extra dimension. We found another dimension. However, it is hell. <laughs> it is literally hell. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I just shit on everybody's dreams. No, but I mean, if I I don't know, I. I think that there's a, a good chance that uh, extraterrestrials have already visited our Earth. Mm-hmm. So that makes this like less exciting. <laughs> but, but I mean, this could be from a civilization that uh, has not left their own solar system just like us, you know? Yeah. That's possible. Well, it, will, it would be interesting if they hadn't because of the energy requirements of the signal and the, on the Kardashev scale. Well, the uh, well, I mean, it, it also said when you were looking that up, I mentioned it. Uh, if the if they're a type one civilization, that means they directed it directly towards us. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're harnessing all of the energy from their own sun. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, that's a good theory, actually. Like maybe both are true that we've been physically visited by uh, extraterrestrials. But this signal is coming from a civilization that's never visited us. Right. Because when you think about it, it the potential for... Because that would basically be like what we do, which is just send random messages right. in space exactly. and hope somebody... Yeah, we, we put a plaque on the Hubble telescope. Yeah. yeah. And, and like the potential for <laughs> life, you know, outside of our planet is, you know, infinite. So there would be different levels of... Uh, possible extraterrestrials yeah they may be closer to us than anyone else yeah exactly such a big galaxy that's a cool thought i like that all right moving on to bigfoot uh bigfoot has attacked someone Uh uh-oh what a dick yeah a gray bigfoot spotted in california a man in monterey county on tuesday said he saw an ape-like animal and then it uh, tried to attack his cat oh that was just clint eastwood (laughs) 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 crazy (laughs) <laughs> Old Grey Bigfoot, Clint Eastwood, on the loose. 
Uh, Pissed at cats. David, a 35-year-old general contractor from Salinas, claims the creature has been messing with his property since June, and there is a group of them. They threw an object against my greenhouse, David told Cryptozoology News. They then threw another object against the workshop. Was it poop? I mean, that sounds like typical Bigfoot. Uh, yeah, that's true. They throw shit at people's houses all the time. Like, you hear that in stories all the time. Yeah. Um, the big male tried to get my cat, he said. I heard it from the house. I mean, how do you know it was a Bigfoot and not just a coyote? Yeah. <laughs> or a dog. Or anything, yeah. Uh, well, I guess if there's Bigfoot around, you know, they're going to be the first one to get blamed if anything, you know, eats your well, cat. Well, it says that the man heard a growl, so maybe it didn't sound like any other animal. You're right, right. Uh, a few minutes later, David explains one of his motion alarms went off. It was then that he decided to find out the source of the ruckus. I tossed a rock over the roof towards the area. Then the same alarm went off, but this time it growled at me. It sounded like the growl from the cat incident. He claims that as he went down the ravine, visual contact occurred. Oh, shit. It was a gray Sasquatch. It must have been spotted because that night the big foul smelling was strong. It's also foul smelling. Yeah, How many stinks. times have you heard that they stink? Well, they're animals. They smell like animals. No, like they stink more than regular animals. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's like the glands. skunk ape in mm -hmm. the Florida Everglades. Although I think it's, the skunk ape is just, they just smell worse because of the humidity. Oh, that yeah. makes too and much the swampiness. sense. Yeah. The swampy. I mean, my dogs go outside for 10 minutes and they come in smelling like a Sasquatch. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. Mike too. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, my Mike. balls always smell like Sasquatch. Yeah, Mike's chest just retains humidity. <laughs> it's got its <laughs> so own So many bacteria growing in there. <laughs> uh, he said the animal looked like a gray ape but didn't specify about other physical features. Um, in 2015, a California lawyer claimed to have been attacked by Bigfoot. So let's check out that one. Uh, hi, a San Francisco lawyer who didn't provide a last name says he and a group of friends decided to go camping to Diablo Campground for the holiday weekend. Uh, we got everything set up before dark. We had set up a campfire and started telling stories like we did when we were kids, he told Bigfoot enthusiast Reverend Jeffrey Kelly. I had been watching Finding Bigfoot on TV, and I told the guys about a story not too far from here about campers who had a Bigfoot come right into their camp. No one believed it to be true, as there are no monsters in these woods, so we all drifted asleep the first night. According to High, torrential rain had cleared most of the campground in the morning, and they were the only ones left. It was just us and a few RVs. We decided to take a ride up the mountain for something to do. We managed to get up on a ridge just as the sun fell over the hill. I stopped the car, and we all got out. Uh, reportedly, High and his friends were talking about how spooky it is to be out in the woods at night. He decided to whack a tree branch against a tree in order to startle the group. They were laughing, but then something knocked back. It wasn't very far away. That's when the fun ended for all of us, he said, adding that they immediately headed back to their vehicle to get out of the area. Uh, but as he explains, he started the car and tried to maneuver his way out of the wet ground. A large beast stepped out onto the road. My lights lighted up his hairy face, and it raised a melon-sized boulder over its head and threw it at the car. The rock bounced off the front of the fender, leaving a large dent. The beast roared out so loud that I panicked and hit the gas, nearly hitting the creature as we passed it. We were screaming, and it was screaming back at us. Oh, God. The group of friends uh, decided to wait until daylight before heading home. After all, he said, there was monsters in these woods. 
So, I don't know. That guy's a lawyer named High. So, I don't know if yeah, I, how much I can believe it. I think that's a suit. Lawyer? Him. Okay. Maybe uh, maybe this might be, you know, a good, reputable story. His name is High. Yeah. Uh, well, we're back uh, back to the middle again. That is that is a very California name. High? That is a California millennial name. My name is H.I. McDonough. <laughs> No, it wasn't H I. It was H I G H. I know, but I was making. Uh, that's from uh, Raising Arizona. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I do like the first story though. The uh, the gray Bigfoot spotted in California. Well, I mean, a lot of things with that. I mean, the guy could be a Bigfoot enthusiast, and you know, he goes, "All right, what <coughs> happens in Bigfoot encounters? They throw rocks and shit. Uh, they always stink." Yeah, he could be making all um, this shit up. He could have aggregated those ideas and put it into his own story, but I like to think that his story just lined up with thousands of other accounts of Bigfoot, where they throw rocks and they smell like shit. Well, they don't <laughs> smell like. <laughs> well, they don't smell like shit. A lot of times, a Bigfoot they smell. It just um, sounds like hobos. To yeah. Me. Well, no, they smell sulfury. Like they have a weird. From a lot of accounts, it's not just an animal smell. That's what I was saying earlier. It's not just an animal smell. It's a weird sulfury. Well, have you ever smelled smell. skunk stink? It's very sulfury. Yeah, it could, like I know it's it's been compared to a uh, skunk stink. I've never smelled skunk stink. It's it's very sulfury, like rotten eggs kind of. Do you ever get skunked? I've never gotten skunked, but I've smelled it before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to UFO stuff, we got some uh, cool UFO stories. Uh, this one is definitely a little bit sketchy. Could be a Photoshop deal, but I wanted to bring it up anyway because if it is a Photoshop deal, it's uh, done very well. Uh, is this proof of alien life? Enormous UFO captured on film in remote Malaysian village. Mm-hmm. What this is This bizarre that? footage captures the moment a UFO made an unexpected fly past of a remote village, uh, defiant a- alien hunters claim. So here's the... Uh, uh, yeah. That looks fake to me. Well, it's done because the video's shot on like a crappy flip phone looking kind of thing. Like, well, I mean, that's just what it looks like. Yeah, I mean it's bad. I mean there's it's bad footage, but bad it's a footage. good shot. It's a really real. I mean, if this is real, this is the best shot of a UFO in existence. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. If it was real, it would be the best, the best shot ever taken. A I- blinding stream of white light can be seen emanating from the creature, disprompting comparisons with the gigantic uh, spaceship from Oscar-winning sci-fi epic. Uh, it must be Close Encounters, mm. I guess. Onlookers, uh, onlookers can be heard chattering and screaming as the UFO glides above them before ex- executing a sharp turnabout and disappearing into the evening gloom. It's a weather balloon. The viral footage was initially shared by anon- an anonymous local blogger in Kula Krai, 230 miles from Malaysian capital Kuala Lumpur. Kuala Lumpur. Kuala? Kuala mm-hmm. Lumpur. Yeah, so it's an anonymous blogger, so it could just be an elaborate setup for sure. I will say it, it, it's more than likely fake, uh, but... We just call everything fake now, though. Yeah, we call everything fake now. Uh, also... Because it can be faked. If it can yeah. be faked, then we say it is It's faked. probably faked, yeah. But I will say, fake or real, I did like the way that thing flew. Yeah, how it did like a little turnabout. It, yeah, it was around. non like a non-linear flight. Like the the ship itself kind of implies that there is 
artificial gravity inside yeah, the ship. Yeah, exactly, because the ship itself it it's was turning. A, it was above them, but it was it turned on its side. It turned on its side and the way it was above them it wasn't totally flat above them. It was like Right. It it was kind of leaned up. So it looked cool. Um <coughs> either way, you know, real or not real, it is a cool looking ship and it flew interestingly. Um yeah, we'll have to link to that. Oh uh, yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes. Let us know if you think it's real or not. I, I would be interested to see if anyone can give me like a good argument for whether or not it's real. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to hear the good argument for if it's real, because we just call everything fake now if it can be faked. That's true. And that's. I mean, it's unfair in a way, but it it it, it just it's the most logical explanation. It is. Always. It is prejudiced uh, against it being real for sure. It just it sucks though because, I mean, it's great to live in a time where like you can do so much like amazing art on your own on your own computer and that sort of thing. It's really cool, but at the same time, you really can't trust anything that you see, whether it be photo or video footage. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's weird. Here's a conspiracy theorist claim aliens sabotage SpaceX launch as bizarre theory says anomaly flew over rocket as it went up in flames. It doesn't say that. I mean, no, I mean, that's not like a claim. Like, we can see an anomaly see the in the pictures. Yeah. So, I mean, that's more than a claim. We're, you know, you can't say definitively what that anomaly is or if it's just an anomaly in the, the film itself. But mm-hmm. there definitely is something there. Well, the issue with it is if, as you scroll down through the pictures, if it was an anomaly in the film... I would imagine that that anomaly would stay in the same spot. But not only does it not stay in the same spot, it goes all over the place. Yeah. Also, it gets closer into view. It becomes more um, distant. clear. Well, it's it's more distant in the beginning. In the first video... Uh, yeah, closer inspection, you can see that it uh, light reflecting off it to make yeah. it look like a spherical object. Yeah, it looks like... It doesn't look like a flying saucer or anything like that. It looks like a perfect sphere. Like, if you look at the way the light uh, reflects off of it, it's just this very strange completely round thing just floating in the sky which is really odd yeah so this is uh this is actually bad for ceo elon musk because uh he was supposed to, he was supposed to be talking about colonizing mars oh but yeah now this is definitely going to overshadow that so the space x launch everybody heard about it exploding uh the world watch in horror as spacex's falcon 9 burst into flames on the cape canaveral launch pad during a routine check for its long-awaited trip to space to launch a Facebook satellite earlier this year. Uh, SpaceX CEO Elon Musk said the blast originated around the upper stage oxygen tank, but what caused it still remains a mystery. However, conspiracy theorists have developed a different theory after seeing an anomaly pass over the same pass over at the same time as the blast and suggest an alien airstrike sabotaged the mission. They hate Facebook aliens too. Yeah, they don't like all the infighting. Yeah. <laughs> all the fakeness. Around 9 a.m. Eastern Time, the 604-ton rocket was being fueled with a uh, concoction of liquid oxygen and rocket-grade kerosene and propellant and red paint. And red paint. <laughs> when the upper reg- uh, region burst into flames, the entire craft was engulfed in what seemed like seconds, including Facebook's $200 million communication satellite that was specifically designed to bring internet to Africa. I guess they don't get theirs. Yeah, they got uh, Africa is definitely getting screwed on this one. You know what though? This sounds suspiciously like the plot to the Kingsman, 
And it's almost like it's a good thing that this didn't well, happen. I, I didn't go the Kingsman route, but I actually went Terminator route because wasn't one of the defining moments of um, uh, was uh, Cryodyne? Was that the name of the company? In? Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne. Um, wasn't one of the defining moments of Cyberdyne was the fact that they were able to get internet and all and technology to like even underdeveloped com- countries? Wasn't that a big part of it? Uh, yeah, I think that was. In there, it so might have been ca- taken out of, of canon at this point. Yeah, yeah, but it kind of feels like, you know, Facebook's all over everything. Uh, it feels like if you're going to stop something from happening in the future, if you're going to go back in time and stop uh, Facebook from running robots all over the world, this is kind of like the smallest big moment to fuck up to stop everything from going because now everything's going to be way harder for Elon Musk to get forward. And he wants to colonize Mars, but everybody's gonna be like, "Well, you want to go to Mars, but you, you can't even get on that thing? Yeah, yeah, you can't even get this shit ten feet off the ground." Like, well, I mean, I, I guess it's it's a SpaceX launch, but SpaceX just like like people pay that company just to get their own shit into space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't like a SpaceX thing. It's like, oh, this was our first manned trip to the moon. No, it's just yeah. a satellite launch. That shit happens like a lot, actually. So, um, YouTuber Graphics King posted footage yesterday and slowed down the video to reveal a black object flying over the rocket at the moment it met its fate. The name kind of makes me think it might be faked. Yeah, but all the photos that I can find from this thing have that dot. I've looked at yeah. a bunch of different photos. Okay. So, that's the actual video, but we'll just go to the uh, stills. So, you can see it. Look, yeah, we could, we could just talk about the stills here. You can see it coming in over here. And then, right as it passes, that's when it explodes. And it's it is notable. We were talking about it earlier. It's notable that the explosion takes place at the top of the rocket. It doesn't take place down at the bottom. It's it's right up at the end of it, which is close to where the anomaly is in the pictures and video. Yeah, I like. Let's look at the close-ups real quick because the close-ups show that there is like light coming off of it, and that would be really hard to fake an object that small. It's hard to fake it that small. I saw on the article on the side someone mentioned that a Reddit that a lot of people on Reddit were saying that it's a bird. I've never seen a bird that's a perfect sphere. Like you must have like it's not a bird. I mean, it could be any number of things, but I don't think it's a bird. I was actually thinking that it might not be <coughs> extraterrestrial, though. It might be like some some uh, some corporate espionage going on. Yeah, well, maybe not even corporate, because the deal it's with an Amazon drone. <laughs> it's a Domino's pizza delivery drone. Oh God! <laughs> it's just a pure accident. It just ran into the Whoops, oxygen. Sorry, thing. guys. Uh, no, like the thing with SpaceX is that. They're, I mean, they work with NASA now and then. They help out NASA, actually. But they're not really beholden to anyone. And I feel like that might be a concern for, you know, countries in power and that sort of thing. I, I feel like that would be a legit issue. Like, well, and they're yeah, doing really well. The United really States well. has been really slow to allow the private privatization of launching objects into space. Yeah, I mean, that's got to that's gotta be, uh, you know a feeling of like a lack of control on something that could be huge. So if you want to go the conspiracy theory route on this one, I choose um, 
I cho- I choose government intervention over aliens in this case. Yeah, aliens might not even care about Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> they might not give a shit about Twitter or social media or anything like that. I like the uh, the infrared thing because it, it shows up even in the uh, negative looking pictures yeah. here mm-hmm. too. Uh, you can find all this on the show notes. Uh, moving on real quick, uh, we have one story for paranormal news. Uh, Blood blackouts and a blade. This haunted ritual sword possessed a woman with the urge to kill. Ooh. Ooh. So this happened pretty recently. Just a picture of her next to Jeremy Renner. <laughs> um. When dealing with haunted objects, you always have to be on your toes. Some strange artifacts will never show an ounce of paranormal activity for years until they're introduced to the right trigger. That trigger might be a person, location, or time period, but when the two meet, all hell can break loose if you aren't prepared. There's no better example of this than the time we watched a haunted ritual sword possess a young woman with an urge to kill. So, uh, as curators of the world's only mobile paranormal museum, we're regularly fielding requests to contain and remove haunted objects from people's properties. About six months ago, we were contacted by a Kentucky man who claimed that his troubled son had been dabbling in Satanism, and while he had destroyed the teen's occult paraphernalia in the backyard fire, he was in possession of a so-called ritual sword that he wasn't sure what to do with. The father told us that his son had been using the sword to summon all manner of demons and that he wanted it out of his house and far away from his family. So we agreed to meet the man and take it off his hands, adding to the collection of the Traveling Museum of Paranormal and the Occult. We're going to have to check these guys out. If yeah. They I would be so excited to I see I guess them. they come to uh, different like uh, conventions and stuff like that. That's cool. So what's, uh, what's cool about these guys is that you're actually allowed to handle the... Uh, the haunted and possessed objects. Ugh, I don't. I you have to sign a waiver, though. Yeah, <laughs> I wear gloves at least if I was going to touch it. I wouldn't Lead-lined touch it. Lead-lined gloves. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it with my bare hands. <coughs> uh, when we were finally presented with the weapon, we were admittedly a bit underwhelmed. We had been expecting some massive Viking-style sword that looked every bit uh, the part of a demon-summoning ritual weapon. And that is most definitely not what we were looking at. Stuffed into a faux leather sheath was an average-looking sword with a gold-hued handle that had, of all things, a daisy carved into the tip of the hilt. For a demon-summoning sorcerer's weapon, this sword was decidedly mundane. That's how they get you. Yeah. The distressed father admitted to us that he had been considering keeping the sword as it had been a gift presented to the young man by a family member, but claimed that the weapon would often make a strange ringing sound, almost as if it were a gigantic tuning fork. The strange hum was the deciding factor in his decision to donate the sword to us. Yeah, I'd get rid of that fucker, too. <laughs> that's that's cool. I like that. <laughs> you want a sword that just hums like a tuning fork? That would freak Sing. me out. I would, I would like that. I would. Ooh, that'd be so cool, because if you were like... As a musician, you could just like go. All right, this tuning fork, uh, this tuning sword is in the key of E. I can always be in tune. It's like I can tune my piano from from Satan. But you can't tune a fish. God Thanks, damn Mike. it! Thanks, Mike. Shortly after we received the object, we are off to a strange escapes event presented at the legendary Stanley Hotel which would prove to be the hotel's final paranormal event ever. After printing out a description tag, we packed the sword into the chest with the rest of our haunted objects and headed off for the Colorado mountains. In the few weeks before the event, we had experienced zero strange activity associated with the sword. (coughs) Greg and I couldn't help but to think that the so-called ritual sword was collateral damage and a Bible Belt family's overreaction to a teen's dabbling in internet witchcraft. 
The first day of the Stanley Hotel event went off without a hitch, with most museum visitors paying very little attention to the sword at all, further convincing us that the object was probably a dud. With even our most inactive and mundane objects, we generally receive some useful feedback about the objects from those who claim to be psychic or sensitive. The sword didn't seem to be having any such effect. So it's just, just look, I mean, it looks like a cheap, like, uh, it looks like something you would buy from a flea market, honestly. Yeah, I mean. Oh, the Stanley Hotel was what The Shining was based on. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mention that. I do have a slight issue with them, with them discrediting, discrediting the sword or lacking belief in the sword based off of the fact that people just weren't interested in it. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, there are definitely, I, I think there are definitely psychic or sensitive people in the world or people who have honed those skills, but there are more often than not charlatans who like to believe themselves psychic or sensitive. And if it's just a boring sword, Someone who wants to play the psychic or sensitive touching a haunted object isn't going to go after the thing that's boring. That's true. So that 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 logic doesn't that work is a good for point. me. Uh, what what does work for me? I do understand what they were saying about like, well, maybe it was a Bible Belt, belt family freaking out because their son discovered Wicca. Like, I get that. That's kind of where my mind went. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is that's like a story that happens all the time. Yeah, but let's see what happens. Yeah, anyone uh, bought that shit from a flea market or something. Yeah. Right. Within an hour of the second night, uh, a young lady who they'll call Maria for the purpose of the article approached the display and calmly asked if she could hold the sword. When we formed the museum several years ago and decided to start traveling the country with these haunted objects, it was very important to us that people were able to hold the artifacts as part of the experience. So, until this point, there was only one piece that we didn't let people handle, a strange carving that appeared to have a menacing purpose. Uh, it was more, I was more than happy to allow Maria the chance to hold the object, and she smiled while gingerly lifting the piece out of the display and walking to a corner of the room. At the time, there were over 60 people packed into the room listening to Greg and I tell stories about the haunted objects, so I didn't have the ability to keep an eye on what was happening with the young girl and the sword. After about 20 minutes, an event-goer pulled me aside and quietly informed me that she thought it might be a good idea for me to remove the sword from the vicinity of Maria. As I scanned the room, I quickly found the young girl crouched on the floor in the corner, the sword still clutched tightly in her, arm, in her hands, and a very strange, vacant look on her face. I was immediately alarmed. What I had missed while I was busy with the other guests was that, in the 20 minutes since she disappeared with the ritual sword, she had started to swing the weapon around violently, pointing it at museum visitors, and muttering about how she needed to spill blood. I rushed to the corner where she was crouched, muttering to herself, and had to forcefully pry the sword out of her hands, which were both wrapped around the hilt, her knuckles white. So that's fucking creepy. Yeah, that is a little creepy. Or just don't give crazy people swords. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seeing as the event was currently in full swing, I suggested that she go sit outside in the fresh air and try to ground herself, and implored her to come back so that I could talk with her in private once the event was over. She agreed, and I didn't see her again until the end of the event, when everyone else had started trailing back to their haunted hotel rooms for the night. I sat with Maria in an empty room and had her recount her experience from beginning to end. 
Maria had no memory of aggressively pointing the sword in the crowd, ranting about spilling blood, or even me forcefully pulling the sword away from her. The only thing she did remember was that she felt there was something very strong, very old, and very dark attached to the artifact. Uh, with a lot of our items, it sometimes takes months for them to truly display any kind of strange activity, and sometimes I can't help but wonder if they're behaving that way in order to trick us. If we believe that they're harmless, we're less likely to take major precautions with them, and that's when frightening uh, incidents like the one with the sword tend to occur. So since that event, they have not allowed anybody to, to hold it. the sword. Because <laughs> it's a sword, and if also, it does possess you to kill, then that's yeah. the last thing you want to have. Maybe like a enchanted kazoo or something. <laughs> or like an enchanted firearm. It's <laughs> like an enchanted M M16. I, I feel strange. I'm like... I feel conflicted about their whole setup. Like, first of all, I love the idea that they're a roaming paranormal um, museum. I think that's great. I like that they go to places and they remove paranormal objects. That's, to me, that's the coolest job ever. Uh, but it's it. the thing that conflicts with me is that they have everyone sit on the floor and they pass around items that are potentially haunted yeah. It seems like a bad idea to just grasp, if you believe in that sort of thing, it seems illogical to go, oh yeah, this thing uh, burned down ten houses, I'm just going to touch this with my bare hands. Like, you know. Blood just starts spraying yeah, from your eyes. It seems like a bad idea. That's true, but it's also, you know, a way to validate the, the, the artifacts. If you can get them to do something weird for somebody, then it gives yeah. them more credit. Mm -hmm. And they know. are kind of like a sideshow type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. So they need stories like that to make their museum work. If it's just a bunch of junk that doesn't have any story, hardly any stories. Yeah, I, I don't I, I know. I feel weird about it. But beyond that, I'm sorely missing background on Maria <clears throat> in this article. Yeah. yeah, she might just be mentally ill. Maybe she's mentally unstable. I mean, as I said before. Well, just because she's things, mentally unstable doesn't mean that she wasn't possessed. Yeah, that's true. But, like, these sort of events, they attract two different types of people. People that are genuinely interested and people that are a bit unhinged. Well, they're probably genuinely interested, too. But, you know, it's uh, yeah, a mixed no, I mean, group. Any kind of convention like that. That's Definitely true. attracts weirdos. I mean, even even you know anime conventions yeah, attract stuff. Yeah. yeah, that attracts a very mixed group. Uh, so that's an issue for me. I wish we knew what her background was. Uh, we have to check out the sword. Yeah, I'll hold it. See if it does anything to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Hold, you hold it and just hold the the point right at my throat and see yeah, if you have I the urge to kill yeah, me. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you're allowed to. You're not allowed to test it. You've got oh, okay. you've got military training. You could really do some Go on damage. like a sword rampage. <laughs> well, it's like, if I got possessed by the sword, I'm not that strong. Yeah, you're a baby. So, I might bruise someone. You actually probably know what you're doing with a weapon, so... It's like six people decapitated at horror convention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're not allowed to test it. Okay. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with our feature segment discussing the shadow person phenomenon.
we're back. Are we? Yeah. Are we recording? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's time to talk about shadow people. All right. Hey. Or the shadow person phenomenon in general. Uh, a shadow person, also known as a shadowy figure, shadow being, or black mass, is the perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure, particularly as interpreted by believers in the paranormal or supernatural as the presence of a spirit or other entity. The Babadook. It says here, uh, many methamphetamine addicts report hallucinations <laughs> of shadow people as a result of sleep deprivation. Well, that discredits anything we say from now on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have been sleep deprived and mm-hmm. have, uh, because of the sleep deprivation, I saw like shadow people mm-hmm. in my night vision goggles. In your night vision goggles? Yeah. This oh, is like over in Iraq. like Because I would take them off and I wouldn't see the shadow people. But I'd put them on and I'd see this shadowy figure. But it was I, I was I was awake and yeah. taking meth for like a couple days. So <laughs> was it like government type meth or? Yeah, it was like good. It was a good shit. Yeah. Okay, so they gave it. It wasn't to like you. dirty the biker shit that you don't speed. Get yeah, to. it's like I don't know. I don't know what goes on over there. Yeah, it's not dirty biker speed, but oh. you know, it's like. <laughs> It's like it's the good stuff. Pills. Yeah. Yay, pills. It's, you know. it's healthy if it's a pill. Yep. If it's a pill, that's then, what I've been told. You know, doctor it's okay. says it's okay. Yeah. yeah. You take like ten or twelve of them at a time. Keeps you up. Well, I mean, staying up for four or five days at a time is not a good idea. Typically, Ever. no. Ever. It is fascinating that you saw them in your night vision goggles, but not when you took them off. That's really right. interesting to me. It would be weird because they would like no. melt into the ground and stuff like that. I mean, Ugh. it was obvious, like it was obvious hallucinations. Though. Yeah, like, obvious I, it, there was no part of me that thought that these were real. But, but why the difference? Why did the night vision goggles make all the difference? I don't know because everything's kind of like shadowy with night vision. Hmm, it's interesting. I don't know. Uh, a number of religions, legends, and belief systems describe shadowy spiritual beings or supernatural entities such as shades of the underworld as various shadowy creatures have long been a staple of fol- folklore and ghost stories. Uh, the Coast to Coast AM late night radio talk show helped popularize modern beliefs in shadow people. The first time the topic of shadow people was discussed at length on the show was in April uh, 2001, when host Art Bell interviewed Native American elder Thunderstrikes. Damn, that's a badass name. That's a that's, yeah. That sounds like the name of an AC/DC album. Man, that guy probably fucks like a horse with wings in a lightning storm. He's actually also known as Harley Swiftier Reagan. Which is also a badass yeah. name. <laughs> Damn. This guy's got the best names. Well, he probably picked his name. Yeah, probably. During the show, listeners were encouraged to submit drawings of shadow people that they had seen, and a large number of these drawings were immediately shared publicly on the website. In October that year, Hetty Hollis published her first book on the topic of shadow people and later became a regular guest on Coast to Coast. Hollis describes shadow people as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that flicker in and out of peripheral vision and claims that people have reported the figures attempting to jump on their chest and choke them. She believes the figures to be negative alien beings that can be repelled by various means, including invoking the name of Jesus. Why would that do it? Always the name of Jesus. Well, it's not always the name of Jesus. It's just whatever you believe in. Yeah, whatever your power If you have enough belief in that, you can like force a lot of these weird, creepy, demonic, and spiritual entities away Mm -hmm. just by sheer force of will. Yeah, well, that's that's something I always th- figure with with uh, invoking different entities and stuff like that. It's like they may not be real, but the fact that you believe in it is what gives it its power. So, so yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, like a tulpa. 
It always comes back to tulpas and shit for me. Here's some uh, explanations. Uh, psychological conditions can account for reported, uh, reported experiences of shadowy shapes seeming alive. Uh, a sleep paralysis sufferer may uh, perceive a shadowy or indistinct shape, according to them, when they lay awake, paralyzed, and become increasingly alarmed. A so, person... What like now? what happened to you, basically. Yeah, I talked about it on a previous ep- episode of the show of having like sleep paralysis and seeing like my brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sleep paralysis, it is one of those weird things because just because it, when it's happening, like you're half awake, half asleep, and you immediately panic because you can't fucking move. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had it maybe only a handful of times. And it's weird because when I have had it, it's never at night. Well, knock on fake wood, it's never at night. But it's usually if I take a nap during the, like I'm not a big napper during the day. I don't like to. But if I'm sick or whatever, or if I'm just tired and I do decide to take a nap during the day, I'm much more likely to experience sleep paralysis than any other time. That's interesting. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, I think it has to do with brain activity. Uh, because sleep paralysis you, typically occurs as you're... Um, switching over from being awake to being fully asleep into deep REM state. And so I think that because it occurs for me more often during the day is because I'm used to being awake during the day. My mind is used to being awake. So I think that transition is not as um, stable. Okay. Because I should be awake. At least my body probably feels that way. Yeah, it's natural to want to be awake during sunlight hours. Yeah, so I think that's my theory on why I experience that way, and that's why I don't take many naps during the day. Uh, well, that shit is very scary. It was, it's interesting, though, but I have, I have read that you can actually utilize sleep paralysis and kind of trigger it if you want, where you attempt to stay conscious, like, you attempt to stay conscious and monitor your body falling asleep. It's hard to do. It's like a like a deep state of meditation where you monitor mm-hmm. your body falling uh, falling asleep and you will hit a moment, if you're able to do it correctly, you'll hit a moment of sleep paralysis. It's guaranteed. You'll feel it. And apparently it's super horrifying. You see shadow figures. You hallucinate. You can't move. But if you're able to get... Th- past that point and not either a fully wake up or b fall straight asleep that's one of the ways that you can induce um, lucid dreaming okay it's actually a pretty notable um, way to get that to work and uh, as far as what I've read on using sleep paralysis and using that method to get to lucid dreaming you can actually kind of see your dream world kind of form around you after you get past that state that's really interesting yeah i think yeah that might be a fun experiment i know a lot of times when i meditate i do get to the point where i can't feel my body at all Mm -hmm. but usually when that happens you just like panic and then you start feeling it again (laughs) well that's that's what i'm saying it's like when you start to hit that point you do panic like you you lose uh some control of your body and you freak out and you want in or out of it but if you're able to ease through that transition you can do a lot of cool stuff i mean uh, uh with meditation and reaching that point where you don't feel your body i mean a lot of people have said with astral projection, mm-hmm. that's how you get to that point, too. I, I have gotten to the point where my body doesn't move at all. Mm-hmm. And with my eye clo- eyes closed in the meditative state, 
I can move my arms, mm-hmm. but my arms aren't actually moving. My physical arms aren't actually moving. So it'll feel like I can turn my head to the right. Mm-hmm. But then if I peek and open my eyes a little bit, my head hasn't moved at all. So are you able to, are you just seeing blackness or? Blackness or colors. And okay. every once in a while, it's interesting that we brought, brought this uh, this because it kind of links to shadow people and sleep paralysis. Yeah. But, yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm seeing through, like I'll see images, like I'm looking through the corner of someone else's eyes. I'll see oh, that's someplace, fascinating. I'll see someplace that's not my room, but it's almost like, it's almost like I'm looking through someone's eyes who are like squinting or seeing very little of the room. Huh. So it's only very, like a, like a very tiny like pinpoint. Well, you might be hitting the very beginnings of astral projection or lucid dreaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, some people even theorize that astral projection and lucid dreaming can be part of the same thing. Right. Depending on where you go when you astral project. Uh, when I was in high school, I tried experimenting a lot with astral projection. And it wasn't until I watched... Uh, Shit, what's that movie? Damn, Mike just left the room. There's the one movie where the, the they're seeing ghosts and stuff like that, and the dad is able to astral project into like the other kind of death realm or whatever, and he gets stuck over there. Mike, what's that movie that you really like where the dad astral projects to the other side? Ghost Dad. What? Ghost not, Dad no, with Bill Cosby. No, not Ghost Dad. Oh, you mean... uh. Insidious. Insidious, yeah. If when I saw Insidious, I was like, nope, not doing that ever again. Like you I never was so, trying to astral project again. I was well. Darth Maul so, lives there. Well, no, it's not. I wasn't worried about the realm. It was the idea, and people have stated like you can get stuck. It if if it's real, you can get stuck on the other side outside of your body, and that freaked me out. And I was like, ah, I'm not gonna touch that anymore. <laughs> All right, so let's get on to some. Uh shadow people encounters because there's a lot of encounters out there that don't have anything to do with uh, sleep paralysis or little to do with sleep paralysis or even sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, you know, people are just walking around and they randomly see these things. Yeah, I mean, uh, we stumbled upon, when we were researching this, we stumbled upon this website called shadowpeople.org, which is, I mean, we'll link to it. It's it's not a hard URL or anything. Like when you Google shadow people, it's about the third thing that shows up, which is really impressive because it's such a strange subject to begin with for it to actually just be its own website and show up. Right. And it's not, by any stretch of the imagination, an impressive <clears throat> website. I mean, this thing could exist in 1995 and everybody would be like, well, yeah, that's a normal website. It's just bare bones. It's yeah. bare bones. All it's it, not commercial whatsoever. Not, like, not no one's ads. making money. There's no ads. No one's making money on it. It's just a public service website, you know, uh, essentially, because all it is is archives dating back to 2000, 2003 of shadow people encounters. And it's just people writing their stories. And you've got it, it gives you a selection of long form and short form stories. And it's it's fascinating. I mean, there's just thousands of these stories on there for this to be just one thing do i think that shadow people are linked to sleep paralysis yes um do i think they're they're linked to meth addiction yes do i also think that there might be something more going on uh absolutely because 
when you have this many instances of it, how can you not kind of assume that maybe there are multiple well, reasons? Well, you can't attribute everything to sleep paralysis either. No. You know, like, well, it's like aliens, alien yeah. abduction, sleep paralysis, shadow people, sleep paralysis, everything old hags, is sleep paralysis. syndrome, sleep paralysis. Yeah. Like, it's just everything. I've actually got uh, a couple stories here. Let's see which one. I'm not sure which one I want to start with. Um, you want to start with this one right here? Yeah, I'll start with the one that you've got up. Um, okay, so this guy uh, posted. This is a. It's actually a Reddit post. This is. I'll get There's to a the thread in Reddit is shadow people encounters not connected with sleep. Yeah. So yeah, we definitely wanted to touch on that because it's so easy to dismiss the sleep related ones. Um, although this one is kind of related, but uh, I'll get back to shadowpeople.org and tell you a story from there, which is really compelling. But this one's good too. Um, a Reddit user. Uh, called runner underscore one writes this is about a year ago my true story my wife and i will swear to it in front of any person on this planet we lived in a fairly new double wide mobile home that set, sets on a spot that had never had ho- a house of any kind and is at least half a mile from where any house has ever sat so you would not think that it would be a likely location for a haunting however my wife and i have on occasion seen some rather strange things there the most startling of which i relate here I just I just want to mention that I I have to do this all the time, but it's when when you're reading bad writing aloud. Oh my god! Especially on a podcast, you try to add the words that they should missed. be there. Yeah, they accidentally <laughs> so many words. Add the punctuation yeah. that yeah. they missed, or you know, skip the punctuation that is incorrect. Yeah, yeah. John's done it two or three times in this episode alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have you really do. Um, He goes on to say, One night after an uneventful day, my wife and I retired for the night. We slept in a large waterbed. Some time had passed and I was unable to sleep. My wife's breathing had become regular and reached a point at which I assumed that she was asleep. It must also be known that we uh, leave a light on in the bathroom farthest from our bedroom because we normally have children in the house. However, that night, there was no one in the house except my wife and I. But the light was on as usual, casting a glow uh, through our open bedroom door, which was uh, weakly lit. While laying there unable to sleep, I became aware of a presence, and suddenly and silently a figure moved through our bedroom door and proceeded parallel to our bed. Then rounding the corner of our bed, took up a fixed position at the foot of our bed. I was aware that this entity was conscious of us and was intently watching us as we lay there. The entity can best be described as something that had the appearance of black smoke or shadow. However, it was more material than that. Uh, uh, But either of these was less material than a real person. I like the... uh I like the uh, visual there of black smoke. Yeah. Because you don't hear that one a lot, where it looks like it could be smoke instead of just a pure black shadow. A lot of times it's a pure black shadow. When you hear Western tellings of these sort of uh, creatures, they usually are just blackness upon blackness. Yeah, pure void. Uh, But the black smoke actually makes you think gin. That's that's what I think of. Uh, But you don't hear about that in uh, Western tellings. Uh, the he goes on, to, and this is kind of interesting. He goes on to say, the most odd thing about this was my lack of fear. Although I was acutely aware of this being and the fact that it was not of this earth as we perceive it, it did not seem to arouse any fear response in me. I would say it aroused a feeling that would fit somewhere between creepy, odd, and curiosity, especially considering the fact that it was aware of me as I was aware of it. After some time, I almost convinced myself that I was imagining it, 
But then I became aware of the fact that my wife was no longer breathing like she, uh, like she was asleep, but breathing almost silently. And then I said, honey, are you awake? To which she, she responded, yes. And then I said, do you see anything? Expecting her to reply to be, what do you mean? But much to my surprise, she said, you mean that thing standing at the foot of our bed? At this time, I did become somewhat nervous. <laughs> yeah, no pooping, shit. Pooping the yeah, sheets? It's like, uh, would I would just... my response? Yeah, I would just relieve everything inside of me at that point. But he said he felt no fear. Yeah, that's is, weird. That's very weird. Um, he goes on to say, we laid there for 10 minutes and then it was gone. Uh, it was just a, over 10 a minutes is a long time to be laying there staring st- at staring that. Staring at some entity silently... That's weird. It was just over uh, about 10 seconds it became less solid and our perception of its presence became weaker until it just wasn't there anymore. Um, and then there was nothing. Uh, so that's a really interesting uh, account of two people seeing the same thing at the same time. Yeah, because sometimes like when I'm in the state like that we talked about like just before sleep, mm-hmm. I sometimes will see like an entity in my bedroom or whatever. Yeah. But then if I stare at it real hard, all of a sudden it's just like the shapes and shadows of a bunch of different things that compile all themselves. All globbed toge- together. Yeah, all globbed together and my brain is just like, you know, fucking up. Yeah. But... Ten minutes, like that, ten minutes looking at that thing, it, that's a long time. And also the fact that two people are seeing yeah, it not at the exact same time. And it's not like it's not like he said, hey, do you see that humanoid looking thing right there? No, she was just like, no, you see that thing at the foot of our bed? Like, that was crazy. Maybe whatever it was didn't realize that they could see it. Well, he said he felt like it was aware that he was watching it. I don't know why he got that vibe. Um... It kind the thing that interests me is the fact that he says that he wasn't afraid because a lot of times, especially when you can easily tick it off as sleep paralysis, right. the person goes, "Oh, I was in horror. I couldn't move." Usually, that's what they say. I was scared and I couldn't move, which to me makes me go sleep paralysis because that's what happens when right. you get there. Um, but he goes on to say that he wasn't scared, which actually kind of makes me think more. It, it makes me think of two very different, well, what could possibly be two very different and separate things. Because you hear about Maybe aliens. Maybe it was just like a ballsy motherfucker. You it, know? <laughs> some ballsy ass fucking dude, just like. Like a guy, you know, he would, if a lion came up to him in, in the jungle, he would just be like, hey, what's up? Yeah, hey, dude. <laughs> it's just too dumb to be afraid of. There's something missing from his mind that should make him afraid of things. <laughs> but you, well, she didn't seem scared either. Yeah. She sat there for 10 minutes too. Uh, you hear about certain abduction stories where people go, uh, they, they say that, you know, they see the thing in their room, it comes to abduct them, or they've been abducted. Like, there are stories where people say that they've been on the damn operating table after being adu- abducted, and the uh, alien or creature or whatever somehow calms them without saying anything. I've heard this a couple times. Okay. So it kind of makes me think of that. Uh I don't know, there's a lot of stuff going on with this one that's interesting. It's just like sometimes wildlife photographers calm down the uh, the wildlife that they're photographing, you know? Just because they're being oh, I so did, quiet. I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I just because they're being. Thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that is, I mean, that's the thing. Like animal trainers in the circus or whatever, they can make a lion calm down. That's true. I mean, that's not all true. the time because, you know, yeah. they get killed and shit. Yeah, like but. Siegfried and Roy got their heads bitten off. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think just one of them. Or, you know what else it could be? Sometimes when I'm really tired. Like, I get really... uh, If I'm really tired, 
I'll see like shadows and stuff too. Especially if uh, I see it the most if I'm driving and I'm really tired. But usually it's not shadow people. And I've seen shadow people out and about myself. They've never been in my room, thankfully. But I've seen them out and about, especially outside at night. Right. Which could be attributed to shadows or whatever. But when I'm tired, I'll see not shadow people, but like what looks like shadowy animals run across the street. And you actually hear uh, stories of truckers talk about black dogs crossing the street and then they're so tired they crash their truck. Right. Uh, But sometimes when I'm super tired... I'll see something creepy or I'll hear a weird noise and I'll be so fucking tired that I'll just go, don't fuck with me. Like, that's all I'm thinking. Like, I'm not scared. I just don't want to deal with any supernatural bullshit right now. Just like, I don't want to deal with your shit. Yeah, they're like, we have one night without the kids. Yeah. And you're going to come in here and mess with me. I don't even, (laughs) yeah, I don't even care. Just don't fuck with me, dude. And, like, I've had that thought before, so it almost makes me wonder, like, maybe that's why he wasn't scared. He was just too damn tired to give a shit. Um, So, yeah, that's a a good one. Um, Another good one of two separate, um, I guess I'll say entities experiencing the same uh, shadow person phenomenon is a story that I have here on uh, Wait, shadow are you people. calling people enti- entities? Uh, well, the second one doesn't involve... The second thing doesn't involve a person. Oh, okay. Uh, so, it w- I guess it would be entities. <laughs> I call all people entities from now on. Uh, but this person goes on to say, um, you know, they do the, the typical, like, I've never posted here before. I've always, you know, I've never believed in shadow people. Uh, I don't believe in the supernatural. You know, the things people say. Yeah, if you're posting online, just skip that shit. Yeah, skip the, like, yeah, PSA. I mean, you could just be lying, so you just don't even lying. worry about it. Yeah. Just tell your story. Most people are gonna, most people are gonna think that either A, you're bullshitting them, or they'll go, oh, that's an interesting story. Like, telling us that you're not crazy doesn't help. It yeah. never does. Just um, don't bother. Just I, tell your story if you're going to tell Yeah, it. I don't care. I just want a good story. Uh, anyways, he uh, goes on to say, and I'll kind of sum it up because it's a little bit long. Um, he kept having these instances where he would see a shadow person in his room at night. And this, was, this happened two or three times a year. It was pretty normal. Um, and he kind of dismissed it over the years uh, until he got a dog. And uh, he just—he said, I would, sh- I would shrug it off thinking I was dreaming. But then a few times while laying in bed just as, uh, half asleep, I got the feeling someone was watching me. I opened my eyes and the shadow person was reaching towards me. The quote unquote it disappeared again as, as if surprised that I could see it. But what really convinced me of the shadow people was when I got a beagle dog two years ago. She sleeps in bed with me and is very protective. One night she growled at the bottom of the bed and her hair stood up. I caught the shadow person out of the corner of my eye. The it was gone. My beagle does this on occasion and even goes to the bottom of the bed and sniffs around. I'm convinced that she sees it too. A few times the shadow person lingered but never longer than 10 seconds. Uh, so it's really interesting. The guy sees a shadow person, and then the dog goes to inspect the area, mm-hmm. which I think is that's <coughs> creepy. That, I mean, I, I think I think that happens to a lot of dog owners. I think that's more common than you think. The dog inspecting an area that the person's yeah. freaking out about, or maybe the dog seeing something. No, that's the dog. The dog alerting to 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 you to something that 
isn't there. Oh, yeah. I mean, and a lot of times it's written off as just, oh, it's a dumb dog or he saw a bug or, you know. No, I, with, with dogs and cats, I think they're able to perceive things that might just be out of our everyday reach. They, right. they just, I mean, they're just a little bit more sensitive because you see them, they just notice things like that. I mean, how many times have you ever seen a cat just stare at a weird like corner of the ceiling for no fucking reason? I mean, it could be nothing. It could be a stupid cat, but it also yeah. freaks me out a bit when I see that happen. <laughs> Right, but when you put those in conjunction with your own perceptions, you saw something, they saw something. Yeah, then it becomes a whole different thing entirely. It's, it's far more compelling. Um, yeah, I, I prefer... I mean, I think with any paranormal or, uh, y- you know, any, any sort of paranormal encounter, if you have more than one entity involved in the situation whether or not it's a friend Mm -hmm. or it's your dog they can kind of verify it with you it makes it a more compelling and an easier to believe story yeah well it's easier to believe story it's also easier to tell yeah you know it you know a lot of people would be more reluctant if they saw the exact same thing but they didn't have their buddy standing next to them to say yeah i saw that too yeah (laughs) yeah well it it alleviates the responsibility of you being crazy it takes that a little bit off (laughs) at least a little bit you can kind of share that crazy with someone else uh so yeah it's kind of cool um here's another one this is uh from earlier this year uh oh did i want to do this nope i wanted to do this one nope I'm 22 years old and live in Sweden. My family has always been able to see or hear things most people can't, but it's a little worse with me. I immediately feel a presence when I walk into a house or an apartment. I have lots of stories to tell, but I'll just take the most significant. When I was about 12 years old, me, my mom, my dad, and my two brothers were visiting an old town not far from here because my dad was going to compete in some gun competition. He was going to the gun show. Yeah. See Mike's muscles. Mm -hmm. While he was off doing that, we were going to check the old church in the middle of town. When we reached the huge wooden doors, we realized it was locked. But then we remembered there were toilets in the back connected to the church. So we went uh, that way, and the doors were open, and we went into the church. We walked a bit, looking at all the paintings and big windows, when we suddenly heard footsteps walking in the stairs in the back. At first, we didn't pay any attention to it, but since we were alone... No one had come through the toilet door or the big one that was locked. It would have made a lot of noise. Uh, We started to listen. My older brother took off his cap and the footsteps stopped. We stood there for a while, holding our breaths to see if something more happened when we saw a shadow growing from the floor on the other side of the inner doors that uh, had frosted glass in them. The shadow seemed to look from one side to the other before it faced forward directly to us. Then it vanished, and the doors started to slide a little before this extreme wind hit us, so strong we had to take a step back to not fall down. Even if it didn't feel evil, it startled us a bit, and Mom grabbed our hands and ran out of the church. So this is an encounter where they actually get, like, something physical actually happened to them from it. Something physical, and there is... They are fully awake. Like there is yeah. no yeah, they're not bed involved. All. They're not in their bedroom. They gotta take a piss. Yeah, they gotta take a piss, and they're in a creepy old church. Anyways, they're they're awake. There's there's no sleepiness involved here, unless they've been awake for four days or something like that. Or unless they're they're all on meth. Yeah, unless they've all you know, <laughs> done some meth or something like that. I mean, if you look at the picture of this guy, 
This is no. This is not. This the isn't guy. the guy. Okay. That is an advertisement for something. Okay. Like yeah. That. Never mind then. <laughs> uh, yeah. I had a uh, shadow person encounter when I was a kid, one that was really scary that I can never, ever possibly forget. Really? Yeah, it was, um, I think it was my freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. I think it happened because I remember coming home and nobody else was home. You know, in high school you get out a little bit earlier. Yeah. And uh, (coughs) uh, I remember uh, my brother's bedroom, you could see from the living room. Right, and the door was always open. He had this chair in his bedroom that he had found in the trash someplace, mm-hmm. and then you know made my dad go get it with the truck. You know, it was like just secondhand furniture that okay. somebody put on the curb. Yeah, it was like a, it was like one of those uh, plushy like rocking chairs. People are always putting rocky chairs on the cor- curb. Yeah, so uh, so I came in, and you can see that rocking chair. That was like the first thing you could see in his room. The lights were off in there. But there was, you know, a little bit of sunlight coming in from the windows behind the chair. And I saw the chair. It started to rock. Oh, shit. It's, it started to rock just like a little bit. And I'm like, that's weird. And I took like a couple steps closer to it. And then the chair slowly spun around. Because I could see the back of the chair. And now it, it spun around to the front. And in the chair was a shadow-like humanoid figure. And it looked like a man. You know, and I was, at, you know, I immediately thought like, oh, it's just like the shadows. That's like my brother or that's someone that has gotten into the house. And as I started to stare at it, I could see where the eyes would be started lighting up red. What? I could see red eyes and it was just rocking with these red eyes staring at me. And I just freaked the fuck out, ran out. Locked the door behind me and ran to my friend's house. Yeah. So the chair moved. Like, it didn't just rock. It turned it itself turned around. all the way around. You're shitting me. No. That is, that's one of the most compelling fucking stories. And this was during the day. This is daylight hours. Yeah, I mean, I might have been asleep on the bus. I can't recall. But, I mean, I had to wake up to get off the bus and yeah. get in the house. You know? Yeah, you had to wake up, walk through the door, probably unlock your door. Right. And walk through the house. This is during the day. There was sunlight going through the windows. Yeah. From it looks oh. like a dark room. What the fuck? That's so cool. I mean, it's scary for you. Scary as hell. Fascinating. And I've for seen me. and I've seen other shadow figures, like maybe like driving and and stuff like that. Like I the, see them the most driving, especially yeah. through our like out of the cor- corners of your eyes and stuff. Yeah, your guys' neighborhood. I see shadow figures out of the corner of my uh, eyes yeah, all the time. It's really dark. I mean, half the time the street lights don't even turn on. Right. Yeah. Like, what do you think uh, these entities could be? Well, uh, back to your story real quick. Yeah. How would you describe the texture of the darkness that made the thing? Just like full, full on black. Just black on black. Kind of like, a, some people say it looks like they cut like a hole out of well, the area. Like, a, like, yeah, it was like a darker black than the chair around it. That's how the only reason you could like see it sitting in the chair. Huh. I mean, I, I think that it's... That and I did make my brother get rid of the chair. I don't blame you. Shit. I don't. I well, mean, after I told him the story, he didn't want the chair. How long? So. Yeah, I can. I could see him totally being like, "Okay, we're getting rid of this. Yeah, yeah. let's throw this yeah. out." Uh, how long did you have the chair before you saw that? Did you mm, just get it? I can't recall. Hmm. I don't know if it was new I or not. Uh, I don't know. Twenty years ago, probably. I feel like all these encounters are probably different things. That yeah. Um. 
I, I don't think you could really label them as one thing. I, I think they're a grouping of different uh, paranormal activity. I think in, yeah, in your case, in, general, in your case, probably like a ghost type deal. Something yeah. connected to that rocking chair. Maybe someone died in that rocking chair. I mean, shit. I mean, you found it you on the curb. You don't have to bust out the red eyes, though. That's just rude. Well, maybe yeah. they were an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they deserved to die yeah, in that rocking maybe, chair. Maybe they were a dick in real life and even more of a dick um, in the afterlife. But uh, if it was on... God, what I would kill to know the history of that rocking chair. Yeah, we're never going to find out. The garbage man took it away. <laughs> well, not... Nobody else remember? was dumb enough to pick it up off the road. You don't remember where that rocking chair was picked up from, do you? Mm, the house? No. God, I literally, if I fucking knew the house, I'd just walk up and be like, hey, do you guys remember getting rid of a rocking chair like how many ever years ago? And they just turn into shadow people and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> the whole house just disappears. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, my favorite theory, which has no basis in reality, but it is part of uh, Dean Koontz's uh, novel series, uh, Odd Thomas, mm -hmm. the Odd Thomas series. There's these creatures he calls Budoks. The main character calls Budoks, which are essentially his shadow people. They like melt th in through like cracks in the walls, and like only the main character can see them. Okay. But his the like the main character's theory in this is that they're actually time travelers that have come from some distant future to view horrific things happening or negative things happening, and that that's what shows up representatively towards uh, what his powers are. He could see spirits, so uh. he could see these things. So it's just like these creepy, voyeuristic things from the future. Oh, these people addicted to f uh, first-hand encounters of schadenfreude. <laughs> just <Yeah>. like <laughs> real, real assholes. Real weirdos, yeah. So, I mean, I do like that theory, though, that it's like some sort of time-viewing thing. Because if, like, time... Like Einstein always theorized, I guess Einstein theorized that uh, time travel was impossible, but time viewing was possible. If, if that was real, like if 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 shadow people were just um, the manifestation of assholes looking at horrific things in time, how many fucking shadow people were at Auschwitz? Oh geez, <laughs> like just maybe filled, maybe God. that would be interesting. No, that would be interesting though. Maybe well, I mean, they would show up there if the Holocaust happened. Yeah, they, I mean, that's that's probably like the first place they go. No, like, that was an insensitive joke. Maybe. <laughs> but no, I'm just saying, like, if if you were to apply that logic, not even yeah. joking, if you were to apply that logic, that would be if you were a piece of shit and you wanted to see something horrific, where else would you go in history? Where 9 11. Yeah, I guess you would go. But I, th I feel like the Holocaust would come first to mind. It's like, in recent history, as far as like the last 200 years or so, it's probably the worst event ever. Yeah. Well, no, Stalin killed or just as many people. Hiroshima. Or something like that. Well, maybe yeah, the you most check out a nuclear, nuclear bomb strike. Maybe the most notable. Yeah, but maybe they do thing. check out all those things. It's yeah. all part of the death and destruction yeah, so tour package. There. It would be interesting. Thirty to find bucks gets you a nuke and a Holocaust music yeah. and a death camp. Oh God, that would be how shitty. Those people would be so shitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's what happens well, when Trump's president. I don't know. My 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 real theory on them though is that there's some form of a uh, interdimensional being that is observing us for I have no idea what reason. Yeah. Because you don't really hear a lot about them interacting. No, they just, they kind of stand and stare. That's kind of yeah. all that they really do. They're just rude. They're just fucking rude. Have you ever seen anything like that, Mike? 
Um, nothing comes to mind specifically like that. I've had other paranormal encounters, but I can't remember any specific shadow person type encounters. At least not this moment. Yeah, shadow people, they're just creepy. They just kind of suck. Um, I think that a lot, I think they can be ghosts. I think that they can be gin. If, if, if smoke, if black smoke is involved in the description, automatically gin to me. Mm. I just assume. Um, could be aliens. Uh, there are situations where I think it could be fucking aliens. Um, shit, I mean, most paranormal activity, there is an argument. It's like, it's not ghosts, it's just always aliens. Like, yeah, there's that. Uh, so, we just don't know enough. There's not, there hasn't been any, like, real study behind it to give us any right. answers. And it's a, fa- it's a fairly new thing that we're talking about. Or at least the way we're talking it's about a, it it's is It's a new. new thing that people have opened up about it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, uh how does the uh, uh how how does the hat man relate to this? Now, I always just thought that the hat man is just a shadow person with a hat. It is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um but but it's funny. I haven't found anything different. Yeah, about th- the hat man. There's than really just nothing shadow people, except, except that there, he's wearing a he wide-brimmed to, hat. Yeah, he happens to have a hat. Um actually my grandmother um used to see a a cowboy looking black shape and he would according to her he would well, stand she's from kentucky so she no, would not say that, cowboy not that grandmother oh no my uh my dad's mom and uh she's from she spent most of her life in florida okay so uh he would like just pop up in the corner of her room with his foot up you know like how you see cowboys pose with their back to the wall and their one foot up leaning higher like with their knee kind of out and then he would have his cowboy hat on cowboy hat and bandana and a cigarette (laughs) yeah and she could see the whole shape of him and she said that she used to see him all the time and then there was a shadow person that i saw that had a, a wide brim hat when I was on when I was working on the cruise ship, there it also used to appear by the door in our room, and it would just linger there in the doorway. Okay. The creepiest thing about that specific one is I felt like it was telling me horrible things every time I saw it. Really? Like what? Like, like real telepathically? Shit. Yeah. Like really horrible things, like that I should do horrible things, like that I should kill myself, that I should hurt somebody else like really shitty things like there was a while where i was like am i so depressed on this cruise ship that i'm becoming schizophrenic because you started to freak out yeah what's i mean these were the thoughts that schizophrenic people have you know hurt yourself hurt someone else um you know horrible things like that and they would be gory and nasty um i used to see it all the time i hated that shit yeah so yeah we don't have enough evidence about uh shadow people or the hat man yeah i mean yeah it's so easy to write it off to uh sleep paralysis but there's way too many cases that it's it's more than one thing yeah Yeah, it's more than one thing you know what maybe 90 percent of the time it's fucking sleep paralysis but there are other things that happen too. Maybe we're just surrounded by shadow people right now, and we just need to smoke a little bit of meth. Yeah, get rid of them. They hate <laughs> the all smell you need. Meth. All you need is a little bit of meth. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, we do want to do our "You Believe in What" segment. What? 
and Lauren has that covered for us. She has found some weird, uh, what would you call this, weird commercialized cult? Uh, there, well, apparently in third world countries, underdeveloped countries, and I didn't know about this until I started Neither researching did I. this, this is before very strange. Uh, we did the episode, but there is this thing, and they're categorized as cargo cults. And uh, the interesting thing about cargo cults is that, as I said, they occur in third world underdeveloped countries. And what happens is, is you have a uh, first world country come in and maybe they, they start building things. Maybe they put in an airport. Maybe they, um, you you know, it's just, you know, the Western world starts creeping in. A church comes in and builds it. They build a church. Missionaries show up. A cruise ship appears in the harbor. Exactly. Certain things like that. And uh, and so what happens is you have these indigenous people that fetishize, and I say fetishize in the idea that not like sexualize, but in the sort of uh, voodoo, like worship. yeah, in the voodoo sort of way where they take these um, symbols and make it religious, and they make them religious. Um, a good example of this is they'll build, like say. Say they'll see an airport show up at some point. Well, in their mind, airport equals wealth. It brings money in. Right. Reasonable assumption, it does bring money in. However, they'll go on to build a fake airport that is non-functional, never to be used, out of sticks and things. Just something that looks like an airport. Okay. To bring in wealth as a symbol of that's wealth. a symbol of like build an airport here <laughs> exactly or they'll uh, you know they'll fetishize different uh, people they'll fetishize you know maybe uh, as as a more extreme version of it like you know uh, McDonald's like anything that is a symbol of that encroaching new world suddenly gets put into ritual and mysticism. The coolest thing that I found out about this. You found a specific. I found a very specific cult. one. Yeah, and uh, I I don't think I could dream this up. I really <laughs> don't. It's not something that I would ever put together, and it's called the Prince Philip movement. Prince Philip. Who's Prince Philip? Prince Philip is the husband of Queen Elizabeth. Oh, in England, Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, the current, the current, Queen current Elizabeth. Queen. Yeah, okay. the, this, this is a, okay. So he's a her husband's a prince. Yeah, because she's. Well, I a guess queen. he's not king. He's not king, so he's a prince. Uh, was so, there ever a was she ever married to a king? Yeah, haven't you seen the king's speech? Oh, so she was married to a dude that was the king. Yeah, yeah. he's called. He, well, he's, he's. I guess he's called the consort to Queen Elizabeth II. It's because he can't be queen because he's not, or king. He, he can't be king or queen. He's not royal blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's just, he, he's just her... Uh, fuck, Harry's in line. He's for her fuckboy. Yeah, yeah, basically. Harry's but in line for the... Royal fuckboy. I mean, fuck yeah, he's royal fuckboy, but now he's a man, so he's a consort. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so his Prince Philip movement. I didn't yeah. realize he was Or actually, prince. Charles is in line for the king. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyways... It, uh, apparently, the Prince Philip movement is a religious sect followed by the Castrum people around Yohanan village on the southern island of Tana in Vanatu, which I don't know where that is. Yeah. But it, it's a very specific location, apparently. In what a is very it called? Small Vanatu? V-A-N-U-A-T-U. Vanatu. Okay. Vanatu. No, Vanatu. I don't know. I don't pronounce things well. Anyways, they believe that Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, 
The consort to Queen Elizabeth II is a divine being. It's by Australia. Is it by Australia? Well, in a general sense. It's very far away from Australia, but it's not really close to anything else. Yeah, it's <laughs> close to Australia. It's a, which in Australia is not, you know, it's out in the middle of BFE. So. Yeah. BFE water. Uh, okay, so it goes on to say, according to ancient Yauhanan tales, the son of a mountain spirit traveled over the seas to a distant land. There he married a powerful woman and in time would return to them. He was some, sometimes said to be the brother uh, to John Froome of another local cargo cult. This, this shit just keeps popping up. The people of the Yauhanan area believe that Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, um, is a divine being. They had seen the respect accorded to Queen Elizabeth by the colonial officials that showed up. So here you have these people colonizing in, making money, yeah. showing respect to her. It's like, oh, well, she must be something. I and bet her dude's definitely something. Which fell She's on married to Jesus. Exactly. Well, <laughs> because... His story and Queen Elizabeth fell so closely aligned to their older tale of a guy moving to a distant land and marrying a powerful woman. They just went, boop, this is going to be Jesus now. Kind of like, uh, have you ever seen that meme where someone took a picture of uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and they mistook it for Jesus and put it up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's literally, that's exactly what happened here. But, but to a more the, He doesn't look like Jesus. Well, no, they don't. They don't think he's Jesus. Well, oh yeah, that's true. Uh, it just they just think he's situation. divine. Yeah, but that he's do divine. Do they have any other reason for him being divine? Well, other because than- it, his story fit in with their older tale, where a okay. guy moves and marries a powerful woman. I mean, that's pretty loose. I think a lot of men have moved and married powerful women, but um, I did. <laughs> Uh, it says, oh, this is actually older than I thought it was. Apparently, this uh, dates back to the 1950s or 1960s. It was strengthened by the royal couple's official visit to Vanuatu in 1974 when a few villagers had the opportunity to actually see Prince Philip from a distance. So they were like, he's real. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've. It, how funny is that? I mean, they we've would been see praying him, for him to come. And, and he now came. he's here, yeah. The prince was not then aware of the cult, but it was brought to his attention several years later by John Champion, the British resident commissioner of New Hebrides. Uh, Champion suggested that Prince Philip send them a portrait of himself. Hey, these people believe that you're a godlike figure. You know what? You should uh, you should bolster that a little bit. He look, he, I have a picture of him I just pulled up. He looks like James Bond's boss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow, he really does. He looks like he could totally be Q. Not Q, he, M. M. He yeah. looks like he could be M in a James Bond movie. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I, I really see that shit. Uh, let's That's see. an old picture. He's, he's much older now. So he did it. He sent the photograph, right? The oh, vill- there he looks like Darth Sidious. Oh, shit. This guy loves being a god. He's old as hell. Yeah. <laughs> He, he feeds off the souls of these uh, poor villagers in the tribe. <laughs> he bathes in their blood. <laughs> well, maybe. When he sent the photograph, the villagers responded by sending him a traditional pig-killing club called the Nal Nal. In compliance with the request, the prince sent a photograph of himself posing with the club. Uh, he sent them another photo in, two th- in the year 2000. Um, 
And all three photographs were kill, uh, were kept by Chief Jack Nivea, who died in 2009. Um, so have they built any monuments or anything for him? Let's see. I'm not seeing any specific monuments, but they do send him gifts all the time. Like what? What do they send him? Well, they, they like send him pigs the heads and shit. Pigs heads and like the club <coughs> and that sort of thing. It doesn't say explicitly what they sent him. That's pretty interesting. I think uh, this segment, you believe in what, it makes people, you know, feel okay about their own religion. Yep. Yeah. I mean, shit. It, just existing is literally the weirdest. It's it's strange. Why not believe in strange shit too? I mean. I guarantee you, whatever you believe in isn't going to be as weird as some of the shit we find on the internet. <laughs> yeah. So, fuck it. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. I don't care what you believe in as Enjoy long as you don't Enjoy your weird bullshit religion, yeah. as will I. But I'm excited, it, I'm excited about the premise of cargo cults because I didn't know that was a thing until today. I, I want to know what else has been, you know, turned into a religion that's this guy. interesting. This guy has uh, both the pictures, and he's wearing a mop and as and a British flag in place of pants. Yeah, he's yep. got a British flag wrapped around his shoulders and a mop head covering his dingus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm gonna go ahead and bookmark this to put it in the show notes, and uh, yeah, I guess that's our show, guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening so much. Please give us uh, more ratings and reviews on iTunes. Uh, we are also now on <laughs> Stitcher. And please like our Facebook uh, page, Mysteriousnesses. That. Yeah. And uh, Lauren has been good about posting some fun stuff on there just to break up the monotony of the day. Yeah, I mean, so you know, if I feel bored at work and can post something fun on the Mysteriousnesses page, I'm going to fucking do it. Uh, if you, I mean... We uh, we were able to definitely get in some stuff about sleep paralysis uh, because one of you commented that you wanted to hear us talk about it. Uh, if there's anything in particular you want us to talk about, let us know because it's way more fun to know that we're talking about something that you're interested in. Definitely. Than uh, just us uh, jacking off on the internet, essentially. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, hit us up. Uh, comments, uh, ideas. Money. Money? Whatever you want. Buy us tributes. <laughs> yeah. Start please, a cargo cult. Yeah, yeah please well, start a cargo cult about the three of us and send us pig-killing clubs. The spirits in the air. Yes. All right. Thank you guys uh, for listening. This has been episode number six of Mysteriousnesses. Woo!
Damn. If I can find 